0: Thank you. These artists were a bit difficult to come up with a title for. I had Clint, Matt, and Kim instead of Clint Mansell. Nice. Or or Mansell and Kim. (laughs) Or I kind of took Primus and Sum 41 and came up with Prime Sum 41. (laughs) Nice.
1: Uh, Prime Matt. Prime Prime L? Kim? Prime some health. Prime, prime some, some health. health.
0: You just gotta prime some health. <laughs> <laughs> I'll figure it out.
1: Prime some Kim. Sounds like a name. It sounds like <laughs> like a North Korean dictator. <laughs> <laughs> prime some king. The hell song. Prime some Kim.
0: <laughs> okay, let's see. What are we doing here? Hello, everybody, and welcome to what might potentially be the last traditional episode of Shuffle ever. Whoa. Unless, why? Wait,
1: why this is this news to me, Jared?
0: Uh, what? I am just. I was figuring that we'd just I go quit, and dude. you could just try <laughs> no, to I figure quit. it out as we went along. <laughs> you quit? Can I still
1: be the special guest? Yeah. All uh, right. Maybe I'd rather just be a host this time. Let's work. How about you're the host <laughs> and I'll be the special guest. Uh, yeah. So
0: unless there's a huge backlash. For now, this is going to be the last traditional episode of Shuffle. And I, I know I kind of already said that that it already happened, but then I forgot that I had announced a playlist of five songs, so we figured we'd better give them some love and attention. We just can't
1: trust you anymore,
0: Jared. No, well, that's why you should be the host. You can't trust him. <laughs> you can't leave me to be in control of things. You can be
1: permanent guest host. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it's just right. you. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hosted by the permanent special guest. The the
1: permanent special guest. I just keep waiting for questions. I'm like, come on.
0: (laughs) You just keep waiting for someone to come, like, take you out. So, like, (laughs) you're just waiting, like, where's my replacement every episode? So... Please make sure to listen to these five songs that we will be discussing. There will be a link to a Spotify and YouTube playlist that you can find in the description for this episode Mm -hmm. or on our website at www.jrdsctt.com slash shuffle. It has been 13 episodes since our last ICP sedent, and for the, I guess, indeterminate future, we're safe. Unless we choose to listen to <laughs> Insane Clown Posse.
1: We, I can't love that. we
0: somehow got all the way through with only ICPs one, in. yeah, self imposed. Nice. Like things have been going a little too well yeah. for us lately. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's been a while since we've done one of these. Have you been listening to anything lately that's worth mentioning or talking about? Or?
1: There is one album. One album. That is so good. It will blow your mind. And I recommend it. Intensely. Ooh. It is an album that was never recorded in the artist's lifetime because it was so ambitious. It's like 4,000, it's like 40, 4,200 measures long of composition. And it's just one piece that takes roughly two and a half hours. And it's like a 30 or 40 piece orchestra that it takes. And it was written by Charles Mingus. And I had never actually listened to it. It's called Epitaph. And a really famous composer, Gunther Schuller, who's still alive. He's like a big time. I don't really follow modern, you know, classical music, but he got a bunch of like, you know, a symphony together to perform it. And you can listen to it. There's one Charles Mingus band there. They have it on Spotify and it's insanely good. It's like possibly my favorite album of Mingus, who's now, one of my favorite musicians.
0: Mingus is a jazz guy, yeah, correct? Jazz bassist. But so this bassist. big epic piece is done by an orchestra.
1: Yep. Or it's a, it's yeah, it's a, yeah, it's done with an orchestra. So all the traditional elements of it, and then you know they follow it according pretty much precisely to how he composed it. Okay. So he arranges it in a way similar to like a jazz, maybe like a Duke Ellington big band would have some of the instruments playing and but it's fantastic. It's got like the New Orleans, like kind of Cajun ragtime feel and like the point and counterpoint and call and response and the hard, gritty bop, and then the free jazz and the third stream and just pretty much anything you can imagine. But it just constantly has that like gritty, almost like punk jazz Vibe of Mingus. If you're a huge Mingus fan like me, and where so, it, it's it's a masterpiece.
0: So he he finished composing it, but he just never like lived to see it recorded. Recorded, yeah.
1: And I don't know. I don't think he ever performed it publicly either. Wow. Yeah, just in his head. Epitaph. And that's why he named it Epitaph specifically. Oh, he named it that. Yeah, he named it Epitaph because he knew he, he would never die. Yeah, he would never have the money or opportunity to like record it the way he wanted it to be recorded. Cause it's a, it's a two and a half hour long album. So it's where like, do wh- you find this Spotify. recording? Spotify. Oh, it is on Spotify. There's a bu- there's like three bands based in New York that regularly perform Mingus music, like once a week at famous jazz clubs. And one is the Charles Mingus band, and okay. they have a recording of it.
0: And that's the recording you recommend listening yeah, to. Yeah, it's ex-
1: yeah, that's extremely good. It's extremely good. It's beyond just jazz music. It's like a masterpiece, and it's extremely listenable. It's like enormous pleasure. If you like electronic or ambient or minimalism or anything that is not always vocally driven, this is for you. What –
0: not to, like, put you on the spot, but when – what – era what year was it when he wrote this do you I know I think this
1: seven I think either 70s or 80s cuz okay. he died late 80s Okay I don't think he made it to the 90s Um and if he did he died in the early 90s or late 80s and he's I think he composed it in like late 70s early 80s That's my guess that's my guess Damn Yeah and then it was first like composed and done by Gunther Schuller in the 90s And and I, I for some reason I just never thought to listen to it but it's incredible It's like
0: so you just listen to it on a whim one day and you're like, holy shit.
1: Yeah, because I always, for some reason, I thought it was, I just always remember it being an album of his, but for some reason I was like, eh, it's probably not that good because he didn't, you know, you can't listen to him actually perform it. Sure. But it's his, it is like his greatest work. It's so good. It's so good. Ambitious. It's very ambitious. Damn. Yeah. Well, so, I've, so I didn't I mean, recommend
0: not to keep just probing you with questions. I'm just fast. So, is it just one continuous song, or is it actually split into like it, movements and stuff? It's split
1: into seven or eight songs, I think, that operate more or less as movements. But, like, if, there's if, you
0: old, if you weren't paying attention, it just flows like one into the other. Is there actually stopping there's points? There's
1: seri- Yeah, it's a series. I think in the recording, there's stopping points, but maybe in the natural composition, there's just very there's like a measure or two of pauses, like a movement and then total, usually a humongous change tonally and and meter-wise. But there's like recurring motifs throughout, you know, little, just kind of classic Mingus where he just constantly draws on everything at every moment he possibly can. So you hear kind of themes emerge, but they're very distinct movements. Sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: Wow, I will definitely have to check that out. Epitaph,
1: man, epitaph for the last... Shuffle songs. There you go. <laughs> it's
0: very fitting. There you go, man. Yeah. I will, and I'll post a link to that on our website for you all to enjoy. I've been listening to the new Blank Mass album, World Eater.
1: Nice. If
0: the Shuffler fans will remember, we actually covered a Blank Mass song a bunch of episodes ago, and if I remember correctly, both you and I really enjoyed this song. It was a very... I think it was like like an eight to ten minute long kind of ambient track, and yeah. like you really had to listen to it with headphones. And it was very organic. There wasn't much form to it. It was almost like a soundscape. I hate to throw that word out, but yeah, no, no. But- and that was his first album. This is his third album now. World Eater. It was put out on uh, the Sacred Bones Records, which is one of my favorite labels, and I really like the direction that he's going with this album. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, Blank Mass, it's a guy named Benjamin Powers, and he's one half of like the no- noise drone electronic duo Fuck Buttons. Mm-hmm. And this is his side project. And his first two albums, I wish, I think the first one was just called Blank Mass. Mm. And the second one was called Dumb Flesh, which I thought was a great <laughs> nice. title. But they were both a little too, I don't know. It felt like it was Fuck Buttons, but missing half of the music. Like, it it was, like, all of, like, the big grand scope, but without any of, like, the percussion. They were just kind of, like, these, like, formless ambient pieces. Yeah. And it's actually, it's been about, I want to say, almost four or five years since the last Fuck Buttons album came out. And I think he's, like, itching for that because... I could definitely hear some fuck buttons in this new album. Like just some of like the noise nice. and the drones and just the intense percussion. And in this album, World Eater, it's got some teeth. Now, I will say it is a bit all over the place. I, I was watching um Needle Drops review of it, and he brought up a good point where it almost feels like every other track, it goes from like this like fuck button song to almost like A vaporwave song Like there's there's actually Some like really kind of Vaporwave I've heard I
1: listened to the album once Kind of while I was Doing something else I could hear that a little bit Yeah there's
0: a little bit Of vaporwave in there But then it's juxtaposed With like these Angry loud Noise drone pieces Yeah And I don't know it's a little schizophrenic but i'm really digging it like i don't know where the rest of this year's gonna go but right now it's definitely i know we're only shortly into 2017 but it's definitely one of my favorite albums that's come out so far and i don't know it's just great it's loud it's intense but it's also very catchy like it it never goes too far where it's alienating yeah it always kind of keeps you close like it it'll rough you up a bit but it yeah. also like gives you a pat on the back while you're no, going yeah. through
1: it yeah that's a good way to describe it though. Yeah. but it's awesome i mean i just listened to it again kind of passively while i was doing something else but yeah it's it's fantastic yeah and i think it's it, fantastic
0: i think it's a good album too where you can sit there and actively listen to it i know actively listening to instrumental music might not be for everybody but i do think it's also a good album to be doing something else with too yeah. like it's not too invasive but it's interesting enough where every once in a while you kind of pay attention you're like oh wow that's interesting yeah yeah huh. yeah i highly recommend it everyone check it out and with that we can move on to our first track which is the hell song by some 41
1: the hill Song. What was that? The hill Song. Six, six, six. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Satan.
0: <laughs> this song brought to you by our Lord and Savior, Satan. Off of the 2002 album, Does This Look Infected? Sum 41 is a Canadian pop-punk band from Ajax, Ontario. The band originally formed in 1996 under the name of Casper. That's spelled K A S P I R, But they eventually renamed themselves for a show at some festival called Supernova, which was on September 28th of 1996, which just so happened to be the 41st day of their summer vacation. Hence, they called it Sum 41, Summer Vacation wow. Day 41.
1: First, I was just now trying to guess what they were named after, and I thought maybe, like, there's something significant in the summer of 1941 in american history but nope, it was just it was just hey <laughs>
0: we're bros and we're hanging out and it's the 41st day of summer vacation the summer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that yeah
0: <laughs> uh i found out the band actually has an alter ego band called really? pain for pleasure which is a 1980s heavy metal band
1: really just, yeah. same lineup, just same lineup. Same of... lineup, but
0: they kind of switch around. I think the lead singer plays a different instrument, and I think the the drummer becomes the lead singer because it's like 80s hair metal, like. Ah! And is it a joke or? It is. It, it is a joke. It's wow. like they busted out for live shows, but some of the songs on like the early Sum 41 albums were this band, Pain for Pleasure. Huh. The uh, the band first appeared in a few of Sum 41's music videos as like a joke, and for their first three releases, at least one song on every album was a Pain for Pleasure song, which was a different band than Sum 41. Mm. <laughs> uh, another little fun fact: they have lost two Juno awards to Nickelback. Huh? If you, the <laughs> Juno awards are yeah, uh, Canadian, Canadian right? only, yeah. and every year they. Every year, one Canadian band is recognized and given like this big lump sum of money. Um, we might have talked about this on the podcast before, like Godspeed, you black emperor won it once. And they were like, fuck you. We don't want your corporate bullshit money, which is very Canadian, which is. (laughs) But then like the contemporary punk band fucked up also won it. And they're like, while we respect Godspeed, you black emperor and their stance against corporate entities we'll take whatever money you want to fucking give us. And they took that <laughs> shit. So yeah, but yeah, uh, the two times some 41 were nominated. Nickelback beat them out and took wow. their money from them.
1: Nickelback. Loosen the Nickelback. That's got a sting. That's got a uh,
0: sting. The, isn't it a lead singer's name? Chad or something? Chad
1: Kroger. Oh. I think Kroger was oh. or is married to Avril Levine? That's a power couple of Wait, Canadian the lead singer caliber. Some
0: 41 was married to Avril Lavigne. Really? I didn't
1: know Chad Kroeger. Oh yeah, was. they're married like right now. The lead singer of
0: Sum 41. Wow. And Avril Lavigne were married for like quite a while, and then they really? got divorced.
3: Wow. So she's wow, a, so Can- a God, Canadian this, love triangle. Oh,
1: this feud goes <laughs> even fucking deeper. That
0: is like, you took my Juno Awards. You yeah, took my yeah, fucking you took wife. My girl. Wow. I'm almost I had, positive. I I'm, that. I'm almost positive. It yeah, is she's hilarious.
1: That's right. Wow. Yeah, she was with Sum 41. Because the guy had, like, the black hair and...
0: Yeah, spiky black hair and... Yeah. Well, and then sometimes it's blonde, but yeah, they were... Because that was back when, like, she had her punk phase. Yeah. they were, like, this pop-punk couple. So, uh, the album, Does This Look Infected, was their second studio album, and it featured a more aggressive, darker, and heavier sound than their previous efforts, with less pop elements as well, but... Also, who are they kidding? It is still just a blatant pop-punk album. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to be Mm -hmm. ashamed about Mm -hmm. that. The Hell Song, or as Dominic would say, The Hell Song.
1: Thank you, Satan.
0: (laughs) That's in parentheses. Yeah. Is the second single off Does This Look Infected, and was certified gold by the RIAA on May 29th of 2015. And it is about a close friend slash ex-girlfriend of the lead singer, Derek Whitley. Um, he said, quote, It's one of my favorite songs on the record. It's about this girl I used to date who I've known forever. Just last Christmas, she found out that she was HIV positive, And it was so brutal she wow. doesn't sleep around she's only had two or three boyfriends and one of them used to cheat on her all the time and then he got it and gave it to her it's the heaviest thing that's happened to our group of friends the song just came out in like half an hour when i had just found out i wasn't even meaning to write about it but for some reason that just came out the right way
1: wow no, so I it is a it's a, a heavy bad, song <laughs> feel bad for making light of it a little bit i need to- I hope you do feel I'm sorry, Satan. No, that's not called. Satan. (laughs) I just can't stop.
0: (laughs) But in your defense, you're not the only one who made light of it. Because if you watch the music video for this song.
1: Yeah, was that the official music video? That is their
0: official music video, which is like.
1: Yeah, it's a very playful. The most playful, goofy goofy song. Guys playing with dolls. Yeah.
0: it is it's straight yeah. up that yeah. uh, the music video is a concert of dolls and action figures with a bunch of fame like there are action figures and dolls of other famous musicians and then there's dolls with some 41's faces on it mm-hmm. in the video there are figures of Snoop Dogg Eminem the Ozzy Osbourne clan Marilyn Manson Korn Metallica Gene Simmons the Spice Girls NSYNC Angus Young Jesus Christ Alice Cooper Ludacris. Insane Clown Posse's in there, too.
1: What? Yeah.
0: And then Eddie the Head from Iron Maiden, he's also in it. Yeah. And it's like... It must have been one of the most fun music videos to make. It's the band just playing with these dolls and smashing them and pouring alcohol and setting them on fire. It couldn't
1: have been more than like 20 dollars to make i i saw this like
0: the top comment on the youtube for this video was like walmart receipt action figures oh, really? 15 dollars <laughs>
1: uh duct tape whatever yeah. some 41 dollars uh, like. uh, oh man like i took the joke one level mm-hmm. further maybe one level down
0: i don't know no and the the f- the first thing I thought when I watched this video is like this reminds me of like the shit me and my friends used to do like yeah, when you're in middle yeah, school yeah, like Chance yeah. and I used to make yep. videos with action figures. In fact, the M M action figure in that music video, it's him like with a chainsaw. I had that action figure when I was in sixth grade. Really? <laughs> and the Spice Girls dolls in it. My sister had all of those. And the In dolls. Chance's sister had those dolls. So, like wow. I recognize so those action figures yeah, even. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you weren't the only one that made light of it Because for a song that's about some of the heaviest shit he's ever gone through They made a dumbass music video about it Yeah,
1: yes they did But it's Uh, playful It's playful But yeah, a little bit strange
0: What what are your thoughts on this track?
1: I thought this was very If this is a sort of epitaph To to Shuffle Or a change of Shuffle I thought this was very fitting Because what has Shuffle been If nothing else than a travel through Jared's Psyche his musical (laughs) DNA and this is a strand. This is a strand. This is a Archetypal punk pop song I thought and this is a perfect kind of strand of Jared's Shuffle Jared's own shuffle the shuffle of his (laughs) mind and heart (laughs) So so I this isn't a song that I loved because I the genre I don't really love but it is you it is you. I thought it was a very... And, and, it, and I rec- and I could appreciate and recognize it had all the kind of classic elements, tone, feel, lyrics of a pop punk song. It gets the job done. So I thought it was... I don't know. I, I appreciate it for what it was. I thought it was a perfect strand to represent.
0: Shuffle. No, I think that is that is very elegantly put. And I totally agree with you. Like, there's definitely... Like, I like this song, but... A large portion of that is, like, nostalgia, like, listening to this when I was in eighth grade. Yeah. But at the same time, if I can take a step back and look at it a little more intelligently, I think that this is, like, the most mature a pop punk song could sound without becoming a different genre of music. Like, they're writing, like, it is just serious enough but without going over the edge and becoming a straight up punk song. Yeah. A straight up post punk song or a straight up emo song. Like yep. it is still one hundred percent a pop punk song. Yeah, it brings but it back to that It does kind of feel rules. a little heavier, a little more real. Like it's not, you know, blink when singing about dicks and boobs and yep. stuff like that. Yeah. Like there there's a little bit of
1: maturity yeah. in there. Yeah. And yeah, and it's got and, and again the instrumental work. I mean, by its nature, you know, punk, it's supposed to keep things basic. Nothing excessive, nothing pretentious, nothing, you know, that's just plumage, (laughs) as they would say back in the 17th century. (laughs) But, you know, the guitar work, the bass, the drums, it all is is very efficient. You know, it's a good, again, I thought this could be like a boilerplate punk pop song.
0: And the guitar solos not that bad no it's not yeah yeah
1: yeah no yeah it's and
0: it's angsty but i don't think it's like too much where like your eyes will pop out of your head from rolling so hard and i it you know it it tackles a serious topic but in no way is it overbearing because i don't think unless you read about the lead singer saying oh it's about my friend who got hiv I don't think you'd ever really take that away from the lyrics.
1: I had absolutely no but idea. But
0: once you know that and you go back, you can read and be like, okay, I can see like, yeah, it's it's not it's basically him singing about how he doesn't know how to deal with this. It's yep. not like and it's how unfair it is and how quickly like one day your entire life can change. Yeah. So it's not yeah. it's not even like too much and like lamenting this horrible thing that happened. It's just like, well, this is fucked up. That's yeah. pretty much what the song is. Yeah. It it floats down the middle of the road in a very welcoming way. It yeah. doesn't go too far either way. I think.
1: Right. No. Yeah. I agree. I agree.
0: But at the same time, it's just dumb pop punk song. So.
1: But that's what makes it good. Exactly. What, yeah. Yeah. Because they're not yeah.
0: trying to be something they're not. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't have too much else to say about it because just like pop punk, it's catchy. It come and, comes and goes, and that, that, that's pretty much all I got.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you have any other thoughts? or? No, nothing nothing deep. Nothing deep. Right, but, let's just but spend yeah, but another good, 20 minutes on it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then we'll let's break it good. down a little bit more. Let's reevaluate it now that we know it's about HIV and try to not make any jokes about that because that would be very distasteful. Right? Here we I go. I wonder how long we can
0: <laughs> last. I don't even know what to Thank say. You. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next track. No!
1: <laughs> don't cut this part out, man. Leave it.
0: All right. Keep going. No, I'm not. I won't stop you. No, 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 no. No, come on, down, Dominic. Come on. No, no.
1: The spirit of Satan's left me. I have no more inspiration. All
0: right, let's talk about Too Many Puppies by Primus. All right, now let's talk about our next track Die Slow by Health.
2: Die Slow, sweet cherry.
0: All right, now let's talk about the Lux Eterna by Clint Mansell. I haven't said Latin in years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then we'll finally wrap it up with Lightspeed by Man Kim.
1: Uh, something about Lightspeed? Uh, <laughs> Star right. Trek.
0: And that'll be the last episode of <laughs> yeah, Shuffle <I> mean, ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Fuck you, listeners. <laughs> thank you, Satan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Shuffle Guarantee. <laughs> Fuck, Fuck you, listeners, and thank you, Satan. <laughs> Too Amazon's many pup- pup- kick pup- us puppies. Off. Oh, yeah. Oh Yeah, that's right. Amazon is still associated <laughs> with us. Sorry, Amazon. Dude,
1: fuck Amazon, man. They they endorsed Breitbart. Did you hear that? Really? Yeah. Somehow, they have business dealings with Breitbart. Oh, I guess man. you should cut out me saying screw them. Because we really need that Amazon I revenue. I feel really
0: bad because I just bought Maddie uh, Amazon Echo the other day. <laughs> oh, I just really?
1: spotted it's It's right over there, actually. Oh, yeah. I forgot Let's see echoes. if this will pick it up.
0: Alexa. Play too many puppies by Primus.
3: Too
1: many puppies by Primus for Madison Spotify. Nice. This one's for Bright Bright Bart. (laughs) Oh wait, I'm probably breaking
0: some sort of copyright rule right now by playing this.
1: (laughs) You can play ten seconds of it. (laughs) Thirty seconds of (laughs) it.
0: (laughs) Alexa. Stop
1: <laughs> we spent our Sorry, whole everybody. budget of shuffling Sorry everybody, I'm supporting
0: Trump's presidency One <laughs> Alexa at a time You're right. just
1: against fake news oh,
0: yeah. Gotta bring the
1: fake yeah. news down
0: <laughs> Fox I'm, and Friends is the only real news out there I'm the actually,
1: right I'm very pro-fake news I like it, it's good <laughs>
0: Pro-fake news, <laughs> it's a bold stance yeah. to take Alright too many puppies Primus off the 1990 album Frizzle Fry Primus is an American experimental rock metal band from San Francisco, California The Primus su- <laughs> sucks Hey man, they don't suck <laughs> If you go if you go on the YouTube comments for any Primus song Half the comments are people saying Primus sucks, yep. and then half the people saying, everyone
1: calm down. The reason why we're saying Primus sucks is because that's what true Primus I fans know. say. Yeah. I've seen them live twice. Oh, you have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one time, the second time I saw them, I was aware of this like thing that the fans yeah, the do, and primus I was sucks. like, Primus sucks. And it is hilarious because you get people who are like, fuck you, fuck man. Fuck you, man. I love Enjoy Primus. Enjoy this show. <laughs> And it's so funny. And it's always the people dancing who really like it Like, Primus Primus suits. It's man. funny. It's very funny. Okay, sorry. Go on. <laughs> it's fine.
0: So, yeah, they're from San Francisco. The self-proclaimed, quote, Dean of American Rock Critics, end quote, Robert Crisco, yeah. <laughs> once remarked, quote, Primus is quite possibly the strangest top ten band ever and good for them, end quote, <laughs> which I totally agree with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Primus began, actually, as Primate oh, in 1984 really? with hmm. singer and bassist Les, Les Claypool. And the three recorded their first demo, which was financed by Claypool selling his car, actually. Wow. He sold his car to get their first demo out. Wow. Then the Primate had to change their name because another band... It was called Primates, I think. Mm. Threatened legal action over the similarity of their name, so they just chose Primus because it sounded similar. And and that's that's it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Their sound is very unique. Oh, yeah. Like the critic said, (laughs) MTV described them as, quote, a post-punk rush spiked with the sensibility and humor of Frank Zappa.
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's actually pretty decent.
0: Uh, Spin called them pranksters and an unlikely gold-selling white trash purveyor of the hard-ass pinballing funk metal. <laughs> <laughs> and they've described themselves as psychedelic polka.
1: Yeah, but... I, <laughs> I, I think
0: MTV got it best, though.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, Wait, what was their big hit? My Name is Mud. Mon- My Name is Muds, Mon- probably a, their yeah, biggest song. Yeah, that was song. their big one. My name is Mood. My name
0: is Mood. Yeah. Not to be for my name is Mood. <laughs> uh, they've also been credited as one of the many bands that gave birth to the new metal genre. Mm. And I can definitely, I can hear a lot of Corn in this. Like, I think even, like, while people say Korn gave birth to new metal, I think this is a band that probably helped inspire
1: Korn. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought that, too. This is actually, I was really into Primus. Like uh, junior, senior year, and then most of my undergrad, like I would, my friends and I all loved Primus, and we'd listen to them a lot regularly. And then, since I came to grad school, I kind of stopped listening to them for no reason in particular, and and listened to new metal through this podcast. And then again, a perfect final straw is that this is Primus is a fantastic example of new metal sensibility done. Right, <laughs> right, because it's done in a complex way that's unique to them. Mm-hmm. They're not replicating anything, trying to get away with it. They're seriously just being jarring and disturbing and hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah. you
0: ever watch Electric Apricot?
1: I've seen parts, yeah, I've seen with that just totally Lampoon's it's music. So fucking yeah. great. Les Claypool's <laughs> yeah. a genius, yeah. and then the South Park theme song, of oh, part. yeah, the South Park Come theme on, man, song, the and Robot, Robot chicken. Robot chicken. Yeah, and is. all
0: of his other, like, all of his work with uh, um, like with Buckethead. Yeah, that's like, right. Yeah, uh, Colonel Claypool's Bucket of Barney Brains. yes And then there's the... Oysterhead. Oysterhead. Yeah, which one, yeah. Les Claypool's Frog Brigade or yep. something Frog, like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, anything he touches is worth looking into. He's yep. such a unique guy. Yeah. Uh, so this Frizzle Fry was actually the first album that they ever put out. Their first official LP, I should say. And Too Many Puppies was the second single off that album. The first one was John the Fisherman. Mm. Um, and actually, Too Many Puppies was the first song that Les Claypool ever composed. Oh, really? Yeah, supposedly it's his first song. Huh. huh. And it's, uh, it's mostly about his reflection on war, how soldiers... Young soldiers go off to war and die too young Kind of parroting that idea Of the dogs of war but calling them merely Puppies mm-hmm. too many puppies are getting Shot in the dark uh, The song was actually written six years before The first Persian Gulf War So It's theorized that it's maybe about The violence that was happening around the region during that time period, such as, like, the Soviet War in Afghanistan or the Iran-Iraq War at the time. Mm-hmm. There's talk of, you know, oil and such yeah. in, the, in the lyrics, if you read them. In the music video, uh, shows a man who, after shaving his head, goes on to act weird with Army helmets and boots and a rifle, and he's wearing a big diaper and, he and sucking weird a woman in makeup <laughs> yeah. as, was presumably his mother sucking milk out of a bottle and <laughs> you know, intercut with band or shots of the band playing music. And it's it's weird because while there's nothing blatantly vulgar in it, it kinda makes you feel gross watching it. Yeah. Just the close-up shots and also even just the grainy quality of the video since it was shot in the late 80s early 90s almost gives it kind of the snuff film
1: yep. <laughs> feel to it yep. in
0: some way like some video you should have you shouldn't have stumbled upon on the deep web or something
1: yeah. honestly that's a good way to describe primus's sound cuz there's there's like you can always almost just enjoy them for what they are in like a one-dimensional way but there's something just a little bit creepy and unnerving about almost all their music. Oh, all of it. That is like you can't, which I love. That's why, and yeah. it's very Frank Zappa too, where like there's some sort of like ironic or just creepy, eerie, jarring, almost like perverse sound to it that makes you keep this sort of critical distance. That makes it all the better yeah. to me. It and adds a dimension. And
0: it's never blatantly explicit exactly. or vulgar. Yeah, exactly. But there's just this
1: vague, <laughs> dirty sloppiness about yeah. it. Yeah, like where... the people, the guy singing it has to be a creep. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. He's not. In fact, he's not even like a redneck. No, he I just think, acts he like just puts, one. Yeah, he just puts it on, which is so funny to me. Like, yeah, like, I think everyone
0: just assumes that Les Claypool is the Mud character from My Name right. is Mud. Right, but, no,
1: but he doesn't have a southern accent no. at all. And so, yeah, but he just fakes funny. one yeah. for, like, all of his songs, yep. pretty much. But, yeah, and, and again, and he kind of, like,
0: sings with his jaw. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's got a big thing a
1: dip in his lip, almost. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but no it's it's great. And like you said they don't put they don't like a do shock value and try to push it or anything. It's just unnerving.
0: It's very unnerving. Yeah,
1: but in a great way. Yeah. In a very 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 great way. This is one of my favorite Primus songs. It's so good. Yeah, okay, I was going to yeah, what do you think so about good. it? Let's get into oh, it. Oh yeah, this is a total masterpiece because it could just be a simple song, but there's so many little things that just keep it unnerving. Like even just starting with that bell at the beginning. Like, is it just like a kind of like Pavlovian bell for a dog? Or is it like some creepy like farm sound? But it sounds, again, it's just creepy and it's eerie. And it just turns into this weird drone that goes away once the music gets heavy. And then it'll just come back because all the other music stops and you just hear that bell. It's just tiny stuff like that that adds layers and textures and wrinkles to it that make me enjoy coming back to it it's unlike maybe other new metal songs that just kind of got it down to a kind of just mechanical science this has all these weird little wrinkles that seem very carefully thought out and unique to the song and it's just three guys it's just it's crazy what they can do with
0: three guys and (laughs) it's just three guys what i love about primus too is like how? I'm trying to think of a good way to put this. Like especially with this song, I think this song's a good example of it. Where like there is this constant singular funky bassline. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> and what I always love is how there's like this constant bassline, and then the guitarist is usually just like having a seizure, like <laughs> yeah, the guitarist, <laughs> is like nuts. all over the place. Yeah. And like they kind of go into like this like thrash metal jam band adventures, but yep. it always comes back to this single through point that drives through the whole song. So yep. it's like this this controlled chaos in a
1: way. Yep. And then any moment, it seems like it's getting too much. I, one thing I love, just personally, any moment it feels like it's getting too, like, cool is you'll hear Les Claypool's voice. So he's like, <laughs> Do me, me And it's just like, you know, it's just crazy. Again, it just adds a <laughs> wrinkle to it where it's like, you can't, you can't just mind-numbingly like the song. It forces you to, to like it in a complex way. But that's enjoyable. That's extremely yeah. rare. It's rare that something can be complex and this enjoyable. But it is. I love his voice. It's just so messed up.
0: And I also, <laughs> I what I appreciate about the band too is like, I feel like often, especially if you don't really give them a chance, they could easily get kind of like written off as this weird band that sings weird songs about weird people like oh they they sing these songs about weird people like my name is mud and john the fisherman jerry was a race car driver but then if you like give them a chance and listen and read into what they're singing about like you know they're singing about real shit like they're singing about this like fucked up fact that all these young people go off and die in war but yeah. if you just saw on the surface listen to it it's just a guy saying too many puppies yeah exactly
1: exactly but really the you know they, there's a it is it is kind of brilliant too because his voice is so quirky and puppies again it's so so innocent and loving and then that perfectly juxtaposes right the perverted nature of the music next to that mm-hmm. and, and then the perversion of war you know mm-hmm. what I mean it kind of turns us back into animals. It's genius. It is genius. It is genius. And it it truly is.
0: Like, this song, especially, is just like the early, early roots of new metal. Like, in fact, Korn's first biggest song sounds exactly like this song. Yeah, it
1: does. Yeah. The song
0: Blind. Here. Yep. Alexa, play Blind by Korn. By from Madison, it even Spotify. starts off with like the t.
1: Yep. It's just a symbol. Yeah. And then
0: like every once in a while a guitar will come in and go like mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah,
1: they're going for that same like Yeah, angular it's the exact same like thing, like, Yeah, the the same thing where where just
0: like this this, like weird weird thing, and then, the
1: <ashes> Alexa, and then little na na a little bit Yeah. a little bit of a good. Yeah. It's, it's just a like exactly.
0: it's exactly like the. Yeah. t t and just kind of that dirty grungy gross kind of feeling that they give off yeah in a good way
1: yeah I don't know. no I love it it's love brilliant it. yeah and you're know, less he's a genius and I yeah, even just in the beginning when he he is strumming the muted bass strings you know yeah. it just sounds it's again it's just little stuff like that where like it kind of sounds gross. It kind of sounds like almost like he shouldn't have put that in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But uh, it's perfect. But it's It's so intentional at the same time. Perfect. Like, they get that aesthetic down so well. Aesthetic. Aesthetic. Couldn't have a final (laughs) shuffle without that. No, so yeah, I love Primus. No, I'm, I'm glad this was on there because I kind of forgot about yeah, it. I'm going to go I back and listen to I hope that no everyone more. goes
0: out and listens to a bunch of Primus now. They have so many genius. Good. I've
1: never heard a bad Primus song. They're all enjoyable, they're all like funny. And, and, they're, and, yeah, funny and they're all and weird and funny and gross. and Sailing the Sea of Cheese, yeah. right? Isn't that one? My and Frizzle Fry and Brown something? uh the, 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 the just brown Oh yeah the brown uh, it's yeah. just brown album yeah the brown <laughs> which is just gross <laughs> <laughs> That's no right. i'll
0: i'll post this on the web if my favorite primus song is actually their live rendition of tommy the cat oh I, yeah Say, baby, wanna lay down with me? Say, baby, <laughs> do you wanna lay down by my side? Baby, you wanna yeah. lay down with me? Say, baby, say, yeah. Like, oh, I just... I forgot about that one. In the live version is just so great because he just, like, screams this. Say, baby, say, baby. <laughs> and oh, I love Tommy. Yeah. The Cat. That's one of my favorite songs. I forgot about that and one. you can't even sing along with it because... The verses are just him like talking like, well some I can't want my champ bam yeah. <laughs> Like it's just him talking in some weird fucked up voice he yep. thought up. Yep. It's so great. It's genius. Yeah. Oh, and man. no one I've never heard another band that quite no one else sounds like Prince. No, no, no. He's in like the That corn Tom... song is the closest and it sounds nothing like it if you really get into it. So Yeah.
1: No, he's like a Tom Waits figure where like just He's so, he embraced his weirdness so deeply and it worked out for him. I wonder how (laughs) big in
0: Japan Primus is.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I can see them being big, very big in Japan. (laughs) All
0: right. Any other thoughts on this? No,
1: no. It's a great song.
0: All right. Let's move on to Die Slow by Health off the 2009 album Get Color. Health is an American noise rock band from Los Angeles, California. When the band originally formed, they agreed that their name should be a single, common, everyday word. Hmm. And after reviewing a huge list of single, commonly known, one-word band names, pretty much all of them are taken by other bands except for the word health. So they went with health. There's (laughs) no other meaning behind it, at least that they're willing to give away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The band is famous for having recorded their first album in an experimental noise venue called The Smell. And they've (laughs) talked at length about the trials that they went through, like trying to record a studio album in a concert venue. Yeah. And how they would have to, like, record most of their stuff at around 2 or 3 in the morning. Because if they tried to do it during the day, there was this, like, reggae lesbian bar that was next door that would blast (laughs) reggaeton music at them so they couldn't record at the same time and actually i sadly that venue is now closed down there was like this huge effort to save it but Hmm. actually if you want to get like super into breitbart and the alt-right and whatever um they are attacking diy venues and getting them all closed down like all the 4chan bros really? that got trump elected yeah have now moved there's this huge war against art spaces really and they're like posting all these propaganda posters all over everywhere with pepe the frog on it saying like do you know a diy art venue report it to your local authorities because they're probably breaking all of these health code laws Wow. and there's actually this huge anti-movement of like picture plane that guy we talked about and health are like there's this war going on where all of these really unique cool art venues are getting shut down because really? alt-right 4chan bros have gotten bored with getting trump elected and moved on to the next innocent victim
1: wow so these really aren't like libertarians or anarchists No, they just, like letting people do what they want they're, they're like just the like...
0: joker from christopher nolan's yeah. batman where some men just want to watch the world yeah burn.
1: if they can exert a little bit of power over someone yeah as like... long as someone's wow. bummed
0: out they're happy wow and the smell was one of these. Mm. Uh, the band first gained their reputation when Crystal Castles remixed their track Crime Waves in 2007. Oh, yeah. It was huge. Actually, most people don't even realize it was a health song. Everyone yeah, just thinks it was a Crystal Castle song. And then they got even bigger when Trent Reznor asked them to open for Nine Inch Nails on the 2008 Lights in the Sky tour. And Damn. before you ask, Yes, that's how I got into health. Were you there? That's how I got into health. I'm definitely not cool enough to know about an obscure (laughs) experimental noise rock band from L.A. Trent had to show them to me. (laughs) Um, While often being categorized by this noise rock label... Health is actually more so known for their ability to kind of mix traditional noise rock with elements of like EDM and dance sensibilities. Mm -hmm. They kind of ride this fine line between catchy and off-putting.
1: Yeah, the dance, I can definitely hear that.
0: And to drive this home even more, they have these series of albums called the Disco Series. For every LP they put out, they put out a remix album, which is called Disco, which is, you know an LP featuring remixed versions of the songs on the previous album, reworked by famous electronic musicians such as Crystal Castle's Purity Ring, Tobacco, Shushu, The Preoccupations, formerly Viet Cong, mm-hmm. Gold Panda, Picture Plane, Salem, Blindfold Freak, bunch of others. Nice. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. yeah That's solid.
0: <laughs> and they actually did the soundtrack for Max Payne 3, the video game by oh, Rockstar. Yeah. Yeah. So they've... They've kind of played around with everything that they want. No, what am I trying to say? They're busy boys. Yeah. They're healthy boys. <laughs> uh, the sec- uh, Get Color is the second full-length release by Health. And to promote this album, they actually had this golden ticket sweepstakes where they hid different colored tickets in the albums they sold. And with every purchase of, an, purchase of an album, you had a chance to win one of many prizes. Mm. Uh, the, the grand prize being a free trip to LA, and then the band would take you to Six Flags, and you'd, <laughs> you'd go to Six Flags with them wow, all day. Wow, that's so Other prizes included locks of the band member's hair, posters autographed with blood from the band members. <laughs> uh, one of the prizes was the band would have a video chat with you, and both you and the band would drink heavily while video chatting and get drunk and have an arts and crafts section, uh, session, building a birdhouse, and then you'd mail the birdhouses each other made to each other. Wow. Uh, they, some of the prizes were just a random personal item belonging to a band member sh- such as a framed photograph of the drummer's mother. <laughs> one prize was a band t-shirt that one of the band members would wear all day and then ship off to that you. Is, wow. And there's wow. a bunch more. I'll post a list on the website of all of the different prizes, but they're pretty funny. They, you they, ever got
1: one? No, no. I never got a ticket.
0: They, they do weird shit like that all the time. Like uh, Dominic, was, yeah, Dominic <laughs> was actually over at my apartment one day while they were having a reverse telethon. <laughs> now, what is a reverse telethon, you might ask? It is when uh, instead of you calling in, the people at the telethon call you. <laughs> they were releasing their Disco 3 album, and in promotion to it, they had a reverse telethon where you would send them your phone number, and they would call you. And they teamed up with Funny or Die and live streamed the whole thing. And Polly Shore of all fucking people hosted the entire That's event.
1: Awesome. Yeah,
0: they're funny guys. They have a great sense of humor, just like Primus. Yeah. Uh, so the first single off of get color was this track die slow uh this song also has a music video which features a bunch of quickly edited together shots of the band performing the song asian women dancing in kind of a weird hypnotic fashion Mm -hmm. and then a giant pile of 20 somethings kind of writhing all over each other and then eventually one girl slits another girl's throat and then all of a sudden everyone's (laughs) covered in blood and just writhing on each other some more and that's pretty much the whole video Yeah, um, all of the actors in the video were actually just fans of the band who responded to a tweet that was sent out and they just showed up and didn't know what they were in for and got thrown nice. into this video Wow. and John, the band's bassist who also designs all their album art and their merch d- directed the music video mm. so what did you think of this track
1: yeah this was a great song i thought it was like kind of i i can definitely hear a kind of nine inch nails inspiration from it with like his like acid disco yeah vibe i can no definitely (laughs) like i don't know if that's a genre but it just seems like um but it's i mean it's awesome it's a lot of sounds to break down with a kind of like disco electric beat with keys and then just a fuzz wall of sound and then sludgy alarm beats and then like the, a kind of a dulcet, high-pitched, pleasant voice, the singer. The voice is like what fucks with me the most because it's like
0: this kind of like abrasive electronic driving noise rock dance fusion and then there's these like these ghostly monotone yeah. ethereal vocals yes, that yes, are laid exactly. over exactly. And it's almost like... It's almost like they're fucking
1: with us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But
0: it just so happens to be enjoyable to listen to at the same
1: time. One thing is that there's... Do they have any songs where you can understand the lyrics? I will... With their
0: most recent album that just came out, Death Magic, the lyrics... Are way up front in the mix. Oh, they You are? can actually okay. understand what he's saying. Yeah. If you think this is bad, you should hear that first album. <laughs> like, they used to be so, again, like, vocals were essentially another instrument for yeah. them. Yeah. They yeah. They hid the vocals in the mix, and then if you bothered to read the lyrics, they were so vague and that, meaningless yeah. that, like, you could just get nothing they out of them. They were just sound. Yeah. And they've since become more traditional in that. You can take away meaning from the lyrics, and you can actually hear what he's
1: saying. So nice, I will say nice. it was
0: intentional what they did with this.
1: Nice. Okay, because I, I, that was my only. In it's not even really a gripe. Although what would it be if there's not a gripe? You corner? gotta gonna have a
0: gripe corner.
1: But uh, why have why have him actually say words if he can't understand them? Just have him say gibberish and just sing. <laughs> and just sing, just noises. I mean? that, that's my but. That's a, a well, needless gripe in a song that I enjoy. It's a really nice kind of just ang, angular and jarring, but, dang, yeah, you can shake your head to it, which is rare. Yeah, there's a, a, a nice great yeah.
0: constant driving beat in yeah. this track. It's, yeah. it's just like a straight-up, like, 4-4, four, four, like, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. you can just bob your head to the whole yeah. thing.
1: It has a weird, like, occult vibe. Oh, Every time I listen to Health, I feel like there's something like a cult to it. There's like, definitely <laughs> a cult. Like the,
0: their third album's called Death Magic. Yeah, definitely. Like, mag- <laughs> there's definitely a yeah, cult. It seems like pagan. It's yeah. something pagan. Very about pagan.
1: It. 21st century pagan. is acid disco. So
0: while they've never kind of come forward and talked about the look, like, because anytime you ask them about lyrics, they're like, oh, they're, they're meaningless. Some people have attempted to kind of delve into this song and there's a couple agreed upon meanings to it so I didn't know this but I guess the term die slow is slang for having AIDS
1: Oh shit. a slow death
0: so some people kind of believe that this song is maybe about uh, a lady of the night who has AIDS and is trying to like navigate through life. Like if you start looking at some of the lyrics, the yeah. line She sees the red at night keeps coming up, which is a yeah, reference red. to like the red light yeah. district. Yeah. There's a song where like if she chooses pills, if she chooses gas, where it's like, well, do I pay for my medication to live or do I pay for my gas so I can get around? Yeah. And there's also some, like, lyrics that seem to reference to, like, maybe killing yourself because it's the easy way out and how, you know, you have AIDS, but you have to keep having sex because it's your only means of income yeah. and how you're just spreading it. It's a dark fucking yeah. song if you think about <laughs> it like that. Yeah. But, no, I I love this song. This is the song that kind of sold me on this band. Like, after I heard it, all I wanted to do was hear more music like yeah. this. Yeah, nice. I love the constant driving beat. It's this really nice marriage between noisy electronics and dance music. Uh, I like how vaguely weird and alarming the lyrics are, even without reading into the meaning. Yeah. Though I wish there was a little more noise and experimentation and a little less accessibility but that's uh-huh. just kind of Yeah. What I think the band truly shines but I can still understand why this is one of their most popular tracks yeah
1: yeah that's always the trade off man popularity or experimentation
0: yeah and they do every song they put out rides that um,
1: yeah no but it's a great track yeah it, it's a great track and like what, like at the, the way they incorporate—it almost reminds me of like Animal Collective, just in the terms of like the scope of the different sounds that one could isolate in their music and try to like figure out how they actually thought to incorporate it into the song. Because there's a like at the two like twenty mark, there's like a sound that sounds like a very similar sound to a dubstep sound. But yeah. the way it's, like, stitched into the song, it's, like, inverted. It's, like, the, it sounds like someone's just, like, like turning off a button or, like, turning something down, and the default sound is just this background, like, dubstep drone. And they, like, waffle in and out, and it's a really... That's just one of, like, a thousand interesting effects that, like, again, just kind of stumbles in and out as the listener. I mean, so, yeah, they're, they're very... They... For all the kind of, like, sound of, like, accidental music in there, like, they spend a lot of time crafting this song. Yeah. I think they spend a lot of time.
0: You, you can tell, like, yeah. there was some meticulous tinkering going yeah. on with this track. Oh, yeah. No, I I love health. I've talked about them before. And Perfect for this fi- last yeah. episode, man. God, everything's just lining up. Perfect. Okay, uh, let's let's move on to our fourth track, uh, Lux Eterna, by Clint Mansell, and performed by the Kronos Quartet.
1: The Eternal Light, if I remember my Latin
0: correctly. Oh shit! You just ruined hey. my. I had a segment where I was gonna challenge you. Oh really? Uh, well, I was like, uh, so, Mr. Latin, what does this <laughs> fucking mean? But I got you ready. passed the test. Uh, this is off the 2000 album Requiem for a Dream which is the soundtrack for the 2000 film directed and by Darren Aronofsky of the exact same name mm-hmm. uh, Clint Mansell is a English musician composer and was the former lead singer of the band pop will eat itself pop will eat itself was an English alt slash industrial rock band from Stourbridge, West Midlands. And they disbanded in 1996. Shortly after, Mansell was introduced to Aronofsky and he hired him to score his debut film, Pie, which is a whole can of worms in it. Yeah, Have you it's, seen Pie? Oh, that's a masterpiece. That's a fucking movie, man. That's
1: a total... That, I still think that's his best movie. Requiem for a Dream is a great movie, but Pie is like from another dimension.
0: If there was any movie that the word cerebral could be attached to, it (laughs) would probably be. Yeah,
1: yes, yes. Also,
0: mostly because there's a scene where he (laughs) literally (laughs) drills into his cerebrum with a fucking drill. Yep.
1: It's Um, awesome, though. It's awesome. So
0: then from there on. Uh, A beautiful relationship would bloom. Uh, Mansell would go on to score many films. The Fountain, Moon, Mm. Smoking Aces, The Wrestler, Doom, Black Swan, High Rise. If you couldn't tell, he has become the Danny Elfman to Aronofsky's Tim Burton. Uh, He's actually even ventured into television and video games, scoring the highly popular television show Black Mirror. And the video game Mass Effect 3, he did the soundtrack too as well. And to bring it all back to me again, he used to be Trent Reznor's roommate.
1: Really? Yep.
0: Really? What? His old band Pop Will Eat Itself was on Trent Reznor's now defunct record label, Nothing Records. Wow. And during that period of time between, I might be getting this wrong, but I believe I listened to a recording of Trent talking about this. They were roommates living in L.A., Pop, eat, Pop will eat itself had recently disbanded. Clint was kind of this starving artist. And Trent Reznor introduced him to Aronofsky, and now he's gone on to become this wow. highly successful music composer. That's
1: amazing.
0: Yeah, so. Nice. Everyone, Trent Reznor's the greatest. Just put him out there. Um,
1: hey, how many subtle Trent Reznor Easter eggs are in this episode? Uh, well,
0: that's Tell two us, so fans.
1: Far. Nice.
0: So, uh, in the Kronos Quartet... Or an American quartet based in San Francisco. Um, they've been in existence with a rotating membership of musicians for over 40 years. Yeah. And they yeah. specialize in contemporary classical music with over 750 works having been written for them specifically.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're I'm, prolific. I'm
0: sure you've seen a movie or a TV show or listened to an album that the Cronus Quartet has touched at some point. I bet,
1: like. 80% of Americans have heard yeah, him. And they it don't, it don't heard, even realize they, it. Yeah, but, in it.
0: <laughs> but yeah, they've, they've been around forever. Yeah, and yeah. they're amazing. Uh, so the the film, Requiem for a Dream, came out in 2000. It's an American psychological drama, which we said was directed by Aronofsky. It stars Ellen Burstyn, Jared Leto, Jennifer Connelly, and Marlon Waynes. Uh, Aronofsky is a film director, screenwriter, film producer, and well-known environmentalist who is known for his surreal and disturbing films. The film was based off of a book by Hubert Selby Jr., with whom Aronofsky wrote the screenplay for the movie. Mm -hmm. And just to keep inceptioning this, (laughs) Hubert (laughs) Selby Jr., was an american writer best known for his novels last exit to brooklyn and requiem for a dream both exploring the seedy underworlds of the new york area Uh, the film depicts four different forms of drug addiction which lead the characters imprisonment in a world of delusion and reckless desperation that is subsequently overtaken by reality thus leaving them as hollow shells of their former selves Uh, requiem for a dream was a film that I only needed to see once (laughs) and I did watch it a second time (laughs) and the very first thought I had after watching it that second time was yep I only needed to see this movie once yeah it is a dark fucking movie yeah very well done yeah incredibly well done not for the faint of heart yeah shit
1: yeah he he hits the Kubrick register where like it's so good that you definitely do not need to see it more than once a year, tops. If you're like a diehard, yeah. otherwise, like it's like a Full Metal Jacket thing, where it's like, wow, it's really good. I get it.
0: I right. that <laughs> the electroshock yeah. therapy scene, yes, yeah, especially it's... going back to Clint Mansell's score with the music just going like, yeah. me ree yeah. where she's being shocked. Yeah, it just oh, and when Jared Leto. Puts that needle and that fucking wound in his arm. It's just, oh, this movie. If you haven't seen it, I feel weird because I recommend it, but I also don't recommend it (laughs) at the same time. It's definitely an experience. I can say that much.
1: Yeah. I prefer The Wrestler. That's infinitely... Actually, I
0: haven't seen... That's one of the only Aronofsky movies I haven't seen yet. It
1: it has a lot of his themes, but it's infinitely rewatchable.
0: My favorite Aronofsky is definitely The Fountain. Oh, yeah. I love... Hugh Jackman's performance was incredible. Clint Mansell teamed up with Mogwai, one of my favorite post-rock bands to do the score. And actually, I did in my senior seminar class about postmodernism i did an entire presentation on nice, that movie nice 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 some of the shit they did with that movie just to get into it briefly like there's it's kind of split up if you've never seen it it's a, it's a movie simply put about a man trying to deal with his wife having cancer and yep. he's a scientist and he's trying to cure his wife's cancer before it overtakes her and it's kind of split up into these three different stories. There's the real world, and then there's this astronaut character who's like floating in this bubble in space, and there's kind of this metaphor where there's this dying tree in his bubble and it's supposed to represent his wife. Yeah. And then there's this kind of like old conquistador knight character who's trying to find the fountain of youth to save the dying princess of his kingdom. And they're yeah. all metaphors for each other. And there's these amazing... Space scenes where there's this monk version of Hugh Jackman floating in this bubble in space And if you watch the background, it's this incredible Kind of organic looking universe and from the research I did I found out that in order to save on money rather than rendering cgi scenes of these vast galaxies what they did is they actually took film footage of petri dishes with germs and bacteria living in it and then projected that over so all the little dots are little bacterium and algae and stuff organic movement yeah and that's That's how they made all those space scenes i'm like wow that is so cool that's
1: genius wow wow
0: so yeah the Fountain, watch it. But no, I I, I still movie. need to watch the rest because I love Aronofsky. I love uh, Mickey Rourke. Yeah, Mickey
1: Rourke is great in it. And it's and, extremely... And I love Clint
0: Mansell and he did yeah. the soundtrack, so I need to see it. Yeah, right? it's a
1: masterpiece. Aronofsky, he's an American genius. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, So, yeah, Requiem for a Dream's fucked up. <laughs> pies also really fucked up. They're all fucked up, but they're great at the same time. Um, So the soundtrack... Uh, the Requiem for a Dream soundtrack is noted for its minimalist qualities in which it uses constant harmonies, a steady pulse, and often variation of musical phrases to drive a point in. Mm-hmm. Case in point, Lux Eterna, as Dominic said, is Latin for eternal light. Mm-hmm. And it is the uh, leitmotif and the penultimate piece of the movie soundtrack. A leitmotif is a German phrase which describes a short, Constantly reoccurring musical phase associated with a particular person, place, or idea. So it is kind of the simple. I many of the songs on the soundtrack play with the melody from this piece, Lux Aeterna. Yeah. And um, it is by far the most popular track off the soundtrack, and actually is probably the most popular piece of music that Clint Mansell has ever composed. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would uh, say so. Part of the track's success is actually owed to its use by other intellectual properties. There was actually a reworked version of the song that was made for the trailer for The Lord of the Rings The Two Towers movie. Oh, really? There's actually an LP called Requiem for a Tower, or an EP called Requiem for a Tower, which is four reworked versions of the song by Clint Mansell for The Lord of the Rings itself. Wow, wow. It was also featured in the trailers for the film Babylon AD, The Da Vinci Code, I Am Legend, Sunshine, and Valley of the Flowers. It was featured in soundtracks for the video games Assassin's Creed and Total Minor Forge. Hmm. And it's been used in countless TV spots and advertisements. You might have never... Consciously listened to a Clint Mansell song or consciously watched a Aronofsky film, but you've probably heard this song in some form at some point. The
1: dude made a lot of money off of this sucker. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: and uh, the use of this theme has extended to the point where it's basically interchangeable with the name Requiem for a Dream. No one actually knows it's called Lux Eterna. It's just, oh, that's the Requiem for a Dream song. Yeah. So, it's
1: actually used so much. I hate to say it. This song is so good. This song is so effective at doing its job, and it, that it got used so much that now when I hear it, I almost can't seriously hear it because it got it's, so used. Yeah. but because it's so good, that's my take on it. It's so it was it was almost too good no. that it was destined to become
0: overused. I I 100% <laughs> agree
1: because it's fantastic it's like the stereotype of the you know and now it's in cartoons where the professor goes e equals mc squared. yeah it is the mc e it's equals like... mc
0: squared of cartoons like the, the first thing i wrote was it is hard trying to formulate thoughts about this track because i've heard it so many times it's like the yeah. birthday song or yeah, twinkle twinkle exactly. little star <laughs> at this point uh and it, and it It's it's only like it's barely three minutes long, and it's so many things. It's edgy. It's moody. It's soothing. It's minimal. It's epic. It's Mm -hmm. intense. It's sad. It's energetic. It's uh, the reason why it's so big is it's so incredibly well done. Yeah, and it also is hard for me to talk about because it fills me with so much anxiety. Yeah, like this movie was so hard for me to watch that this track like gives me like PTSD. Yeah, like just from hearing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, but it's a beautiful swirling strings and, tr- you know, sad. I It's so sad and tragic. Just if you've seen the movie, it, yeah, it's just almost gives you dread. Um, but it's, it is genius. I mean, it's so, it's so simple where there's just a, a st- you know, I know the jazz lingo more than classical, but there's a statement. You know what I mean? This tiny little melodic line with the pressing harmony. And then it, you know, it becomes a, a motif and a you know a new melodic line a new harmony, and it slowly is the same, and it builds into that intense. Dun, 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 dun. That's just hits you in the gut. It does.
2: Like, oh, oh, no.
1: It's classic. Yeah. It's classic. It's a total. It's just a. I don't even know how to say it. It's just a parody. You know, you use it in a class to teach how to score a movie. Like this is it, that's how you do it. No, definitely. Boom. You just slowly build. It's beautiful, it's and very beautiful. While
0: it's so anxiety and dreadful, at the same time it's such a good song. And I'm willing to go through that hardship to listen to. Almost like it's heroin. (laughs) Bring it all around. Oh, yeah, I should say heroin plays a big part in this movie. Yes, 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 This song is like heroin. Yeah. It's horrible for you. It makes you feel like shit, but you can't not listen to it. Exactly. And everything you do just makes you want to listen to more. (laughs) Yeah. Here, let let me
1: me get this on Mike fuck it, man it's the last show <laughs> let's get, let's get the, the rubber hose out and just fucking shoot up but you up could and put you could take any you could take like a beavis and butthead and slow it down and play this song and it would maybe It'd be like an art piece one in ten people would cry yeah <laughs> To <Beavis and> butthead. <laughs> one in ten man that's how good it is yeah, that's how I, good it is it
0: is I don't know what else we can really say yeah. about it. It's a it's so good of a track that I hate it.
1: Yeah. But I love it. <laughs> fuck you, Clint. Yeah. Fuck you, Clint. Ugh.
0: <sighs> Do you, do you have anything else? I mean, I no, really no. I can't say anything else.
1: Hey, I, for a second when I heard this song, I was like, man, I should watch Requiem again. I was like, and then the song ended, I was like, no. no, no I, don't. I remember it all. <laughs> I remember it all. <laughs> no. And then that's
0: when it kicked in and <laughs> yeah, exactly. he spiraled. That's actually why we haven't been here in like months. It's just because yeah. Dominic's been in a mental institution song, recuperating.
1: Yeah. Well, first I did heroin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I was fine. Then I watched the movie again. Then I went to mental
0: yeah, he watched Lost in Translation he's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that looks like fun, and then he did heroin and mm-hmm. they listened to this track and then he got into the bad shit and Yeah.
1: Just typical shit. I meant, typical shit. I didn't mean stuff. I meant
0: train spotting, not lost in translation.
1: <laughs> I could go to Japan first and <laughs> well, just pretend I'm sixty five year old man. The
0: two big heroin movies that are in my mind are Train Spotting yeah. and, and Requiem for a Dream.
1: New train spy movie coming out. Yeah. T two the Mighty Ducks. <laughs>
0: It's pretty good, actually. T <laughs> two. I'm. I'm so skeptically optimistic for that movie.
1: I, an early look at it was very positive. The trailer.
0: To... The trailer looks like it's gonna be good. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like this is like if Jeff Mangum was to like be like, I'm gonna make a, in an airplane over the sea too. Like, how do you follow up Train <laughs> Spot? Yeah. How yeah. do you do it?
1: Yes, that's a good parallel. But I guess
0: if is, if anyone can do it, it's Danny Boyle. So yeah, Godspeed, Danny. Yeah.
1: Godspeed, Danny. Uh, Danny. Danny boy.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, because 'cause they're Scottish.
1: Oh, Danny Godspeed, boy.
0: Godspeed, Danny boy. <laughs> that sound like a Chinese guy. I'm gonna stop. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to our last track, "Lightspeed" by Matt and Kim off the 2006 album Matt and Kim. Matt and Kim are an American indie electro duo from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, The group formed in 2004 and consists of vocalist and keyboardist Matt Johnson and drummer Kim Schifino. Mm. The duo are known for their upbeat dance music and energetic live shows. And they originally met when they were both attending Brooklyn's Pratt Institute. I believe Kim was going for... uh, Drawing and painting, and Matt was going for filmmaking. Wow! They began to date. I that was a
1: culinary institute. <laughs> that would be a better story. <laughs> the, Pr- the Brooklyn
0: Pratt Institute of Culinary Arts.
1: That would uh, be a better story. Yeah. Edit that part out. Okay, let's just say they were they were both going to La Cordon
0: Bleu. La Cordon Bleu. And they were both cooking up some.
1: Fancy dish. Women up some fancy shit and said, let's start a band. Let's start a band. Fuck it. Fuck this food. We don't need all the money that's in no. Culinary Arts. Let's go start let's a Let's go
0: band. start a, let's go start an an indie <laughs> electro duo. Just think the white stripes, yeah. but even less effort. That's yeah, exactly. what we're going for. Sorry, that was mean. I like Matt and Kim, but they are kind of like more simple the white stripe. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. So they began to date, and after three months of dating, they moved in together, and they're still together. They're still a romantic couple to this day. I don't, together, not, the- I don't know if they're married or not, but I don't know if they're married or not. But they are a couple. They've somehow recorded five albums together without killing each other. Wow! And they're still a couple. They're wow. still a band. And neither of them had any musical training whatsoever. They just both decided to start a band. So they Matt just both chefs. taught himself. <laughs> they were both just chefs. And Matt's like, I can cook up a filet. I can play keyboards. <laughs> yeah.
1: If I can cook a filet, I can make a band. Yeah. Man, come on. Let's make a record.
0: <laughs> so Matt taught himself to play keyboards. Wow. Kim taught herself to play drums. And that was that. They became a band. Uh, After them tinkering around a bit, some of their friends pressured them to start playing some shows and lofts of their friends. And cut to today, and they're playing huge fucking music festivals like Bonnaroo and Coachella and the Honda Civic Tour and Firefly. they're Uh, They're known for their highly creative music videos. The first one I ever saw was for their first single, Yeah Yeah, which is great. I'll post a link to it. It's one of the greatest music videos I've ever seen it's them wearing all white playing all white instruments in this like little kitchen and it's all made out of cardboard and on the side of each video it's kind of like the opening to Napoleon Dynamite where they keep sending down the plates of food, if you remember oh, that. Oh, yeah. So yes, you'll see these yes, hands yes. sitting on plates of food. So it'll be like a plate of spaghetti and a pizza. And then the hands will pull away. And all of a sudden that food will get thrown at them while they're playing. Nice. And they just keep getting pelted with food and getting covered. And then eventually people dressed up in food costumes just come out and start beating the shit out of them. <laughs> and they're just desperately trying to keep playing and singing the song. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. They also nice. have um, a music video where they are walking down downtown New York in the middle of winter and just start taking their clothes off and eventually end up in Times Square just completely naked, running through. And then the cops are after them, I and seen then they that run one. into the street and then a bus hits them. <laughs> <laughs> and then they they have a one music video that's just uh, the basketball player Pat the Rock just showing off his insane dribbling skills the entire time. Really? Like just their yeah. music videos are just the most fun nice. weird creative things i've ever seen. Yeah. And i've seen them probably four or five times live. Wow. And i have to say nice. it is insanely impressive how two people sitting sitting on stage playing drums and keyboards can have a bigger and more energetic show than most five piece bands that i've yeah. seen live. Yeah. They're
1: they, they got a sonic sound. Yeah. They yeah, command they really the do. stage. Yeah, i could see that. I and could just
0: see that energy as much as i hate oh it's just energy man but it's they do have an energy about Feel the them. vibe bro no
1: but i dude can, even you can hear it in the album too it's you just can tell that can. these
0: people know how to cook food when you're listening <laughs> to- <laughs> their <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this uh man kim was their debut album it is by far their roughest rawest, most lo-fi album, and it's my personally as hipster as me to say it's my favorite album by them. The more they go on, the more their production steps up, and it's you I lose a little something. Yeah. I like just the shittiness of their yeah. first album. Yeah. Not trying to mean but I love how shitty and raw it's with their big song,
1: the the one that was like someone who doesn't know them very well would recognize.
0: It was um Daylight, daylight, yeah, doo, 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 which album that? Doo, was... That was off the album Grand, which was their, their second, second album. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, daylight know. is probably by far their biggest song. Yeah, yeah,
1: that was the one when I was at, at a college radio station. That one would yeah. always come on. People would be like, "Play that daylight Daylight. Song. I can't remember who it's by. <laughs> Jeff and, and,
0: and <laughs> Jeff Katie. and uh, I think it was by <laughs> Jack and Meg White. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Which is a great song too. It daylight. is. It that's, is a great that's, song. That's a...
0: I love Man Kim. Yeah. As much as I'm shitting on them, they're great,
1: and they're great chefs. <laughs> they're That's a, and you know God. what? They deserve their dues. You've for never that. had
0: you've never had gnocchi the until they made gnocchi. Me, everyone for
1: you. says how great they are at music, but they're <laughs> so underappreciated for the food they make, and that really just grinds my gears. <laughs> Yo, they deserve... Gripe Corner. Yeah, Gripe Corner, man. (laughs) They deserve the fucking respect, man.
0: They've put in years at the Culinary (laughs) Institutes. No one gives a shit about their food.
1: (laughs) You try going to culinary school of the arts. Come on. All right.
0: All you shuffle heads. I want everyone to start <laughs> spreading this. I want everyone to know yeah. that Matt and <laughs> Kim are failed chefs <laughs> that no one appreciates. Yeah, exactly. Spread that rumor, folks. Spread it. Spread that rumor.
1: It's alleged. Yeah. It's the agent of Trump. This is pretty much truth at this, this, is, this point. The bar is so low. This, this is, is pretty This is not solid. fake news yeah, coming exactly. <laughs> straight to you from Shuffle.
0: Okay. So this track, Speed. Uh, Last track, or yeah, this track, last track on the album, Lightspeed. Uh, The song is, from what I gathered, supposed to be using the game of baseball as a metaphor for life and our inability to control it. But mostly, I think it's about how much Matt doesn't know anything about baseball. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, if you listen to the line, like, foul yeah, ball, were... <laughs> ball deep in center, like, in midfield. Yeah,
1: it doesn't make sense. That's not... How... And actually, I think yeah.
0: one of the times I saw him live, he said, and this next song is about how I don't know anything about baseball. Okay, Let your folks... <laughs> like, he d- he admitted, like, I don't know a fucking thing about
1: baseball. Yeah, because there was, like, a few lines where I'm like, what? <laughs> this can't be right. Foul ball, yeah. ball in the center field. I was like, this is a weird place to be experimental. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird...
0: It's yeah. a metaphor for how he cooks his T-bone steaks. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't know. There's there's something for as simple and kind of dumb and straightforward as the song is. There's something really kind of touching and cute about this. I don't know. Yeah. What, do, what do you think about this track?
1: In full honesty, I like the music. And I like the sound of the voice. It, I And this is one of those rare moments where normally lo-fi I'm a little bit skeptical of, that's just my own bias. But this is, it's done well. You get the lo-fi kind of raw vocals with just, you know, you hear the organs and the keys. And, it, and just a clap. And then you get a kind of happy pop vibe and it mixes extremely well because that kind of lo-fi style typically I don't know why to me the lo-fi style usually goes in a register that resists being happy but ha- you know there's a lot of, it's joyous man Kim music tends to be kind of joyful yeah. in some way and it works Very really jovial. well and I like so I like this song but but I, I always read lyrics and these lyrics they're they dumb. they might be worse than John Fogerty's Centerfield <laughs> Centerfield, <laughs> put, put me in, Coach. I'm ready to play <laughs> today.
0: The, the lyrics make no sense except, whatsoever,
1: except for a few lines that are actually very touching. We said, "How fast is light speed? Would life itself stop- stay or follow?" He should have pit stopped those two and then rewritten the other lyrics, and it would be a masterpiece of a little. Well, little track. they make
0: no sense because yeah. all of the verses are this weird. I play center field for the home team and uh would everything be different if I had got like he, Caught the ball. <laughs> he sings about baseball and then during the the chorus it turns into like this deep like how oh, fast is life speed what is the meaning of yeah. life kind of thing which is
1: good lyrics but it's so disjoined so
0: it. roughly
1: juxtaposed <laughs> yeah. where like you
0: can't even draw a line yeah. between the two
1: but his voice but, uh, but 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 if you don't read the lyrics, it's a very good song. It is a very effective song that that is a nice balance of that lo-fi sound in a joyful register. Yeah. I like that a lot.
0: And I there like there's that. something about the lo finess in like the faults in his voice mixed with him during like especially when he's singing about like the the light speed part where it's almost mm-hmm. like the best way I could like describe the sound is it reminds me of like the feeling of happy crying yeah yeah like it's yeah, like yeah. extremely like yeah it's a bittersweet adorably it. emotional yeah. in a way yeah but yeah the lyrics are dumb as hell <laughs> which oh. is
1: not typical of no well, uh, this is of the band no either. this yeah, is yeah, this was... is their first album yeah. so like this is back when but it's still... a good sound and normally if it wasn't for this. For shuffle, I wouldn't have even looked at the lyrics, and I probably would have been like, "This is a nice song." Yeah. Then I read the lyrics, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> he took his
0: glasses I took off. Took my glasses so I was like,
1: Woo And I went, uh. <laughs> "It was a wacky." But I like, but overall, I did like the song. It's a very good playlist.
0: All could Dom- have designed it better. Myself. All Dominic's getting at is that Matt's eggplant parmesan is a little bit better <laughs> than the lyrics yeah, for this song. Yeah, a little song.
1: bit better. The ingredient list on eggplant <laughs> <a> <laughs> peppers. <laughs> <a little bit. laughs>
0: all right. So I, I had an observation about I, I feel like this is something I try to start at the beginning of the podcast. I didn't really carry through when we talked about like a theme of the five songs. But other than this last song, all these songs were really fucking dark. Yeah. yeah, First song about a guy who he finds out his ex-girlfriend is HIV positive. Second song is about young people dying in war. Third song is about a prostitute with AIDS trying to decide whether she should kill herself or keep infecting people with AIDS to stay alive. Mm. Fifth song is the iconic score to a horrible... Slash great movie about people <laughs> who fuck up their lives on heroin. Yeah, and then you end it all, the cute <laughs> song about <laughs> baseball and what is the meaning of life?
1: That's perfect. That's a perfect. It kind of really just
0: rounds it all out. I for did you.
1: actually write that. Look, you, now that you say that, I went crazy. segue. Crazy segue. That's why I wrote. I yeah. wrote crazy segue. That's just, juffle, man. I, 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 that is a microcosm of your mind. Yeah. Which is a microcosm of America, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a macrocosm of uh, Filet Mignon. Filet Mignon. And there you go.
0: <laughs> so what, what? what's your favorite of the five?
1: Uh, I have a, I think you know, sometimes I'll do like as a critic, my favorite, but as a person. As a Dominic. As a Dominic. I would say they were all good. There were no just clear stinkers. But my favorite as a person and as a critic. Too many puppies. It's too many puppies. Oh my (laughs) God. I (laughs) can listen. I've listened to it a hundred times. And now that I've heard this, I'm probably going to listen to it a hundred times again the next like week. I'm going to listen to more Primus. So that's a fantastic song.
0: I think my favorite would have to be Die Slow by Health just because I'm a a huge health fanboy.
1: That would be my second pick. That's a I mean, song. I guess
0: if I too was trying to be music critical, I don't know, probably the Clint Mansell track is probably like the best. But like you said, True, it's that's so a little, it's like yeah. so oversaturated. Actually
1: actually you're probably right. If I was holding myself to the standard uh, yeah. of fine art, it's gotta be That, that track that. is
0: a masterpiece. And then
1: as a person I pick too many Puppies. And I pick die slow by Hell. <laughs> But you're not gonna make more, more uh, buku bucks. Yeah. Then, uh, that that ladyman sells probably rock. still riding that Lux <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah wave to this day. <laughs> he subtitled it Infinite Money. Yeah.
0: Bro. <laughs> well, okay, that'll wrap up. Wait, our, wait, 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 well, wait.
1: So what have we learned about you, Jared? On this long journey of 27. 27 playlists through your childhood young adult and now mature, dare I say, adult life what have we learned about you in the random shuffle
0: I think all you need to know is the oh shit, what's his name? (laughs) Harry Belafonte (laughs) Deo son. the
1: the fucking banana boat everything you need to know about me
0: (laughs) Is in the, our second episode with that Dayo crystallizes by somehow. Harry Belafonte.
1: Everything about Jared is compacted and condensed into the crystal of that song. And we'll go back to that daily. Which, as
0: Dominic <laughs> stated in that episode, I think, is the most enjoyable song that's ever been written. Because you yeah. can't say anything <laughs> bad about yeah, you it. You
2: can't. Dayo.
0: Dayo. <laughs> Though, if you really want to get into me. I want you to think it's the Harry Belafonte <laughs> song, but then it's actually that 20-minute long Dane Cook bit that we also reviewed in that episode. <laughs> yeah, yes. That is you.
1: That is the yin and the yang of Jared psyche. And in 30 years we'll do shuffle again. <laughs> in well, 30 years I
0: guess you have to throw Trent Reznor in there somewhere, too, probably.
1: Well, yeah, he was implied. He was implied. <laughs> he was implied. In the, between Harry Belafonte and Dane He's the
0: obvious <laughs> connection between Harry yeah. Belafonte and Dane He's Dan the Cook.
1: connective tissue, as every art critic would say.
0: <laughs> but Shuffle isn't going anywhere. It's true, just... True, true. Changing. It's going
1: through puberty. Yeah, it's growing up. Yeah, it's growing.
0: And it is growing
1: up. And we might do shuffle episodes again. too. I think. But it's good for the drama of the episode. The
0: drama. Yeah. No, dude, it's fucking dead after this. You'll never hear from us again.
1: Bye, mom and dad. Until
0: Matt and Kim's culinary expertise are recognized, we will not record again, and we won't eat either. Hashtag free Matt and Kim. Free No, so speaking of this transition, we talked, we're going to start focusing more on, I guess, more focused episodes because I've noticed based off of what you guys listen to, it's our specials that focus on Matt and Kim, Frank Ocean, Radiohead, David Bowie, Mike Patton, stuff like that are the shit that Mm -hmm. you guys eat up. So our next episode is going to be about the. Mysterious Jandek.
1: Jandek. Yeah, very. it will be an investigative look into the enigmatic figure or figures known as Jandek.
0: And we might just dedicate the rest of this podcast into discovering who Jandek
1: is. Because once you start Googling Jandek, it never really stops. It never really stops.
0: No. And get ready, folks, because Dominic has a theory.
1: I have a theory. I have a significant theory. And it's going public, pal.
0: And it's has a lot to do with donald trump
1: if i disappear in the next few days because i'm about to break the jandex story
0: breitbart doesn't want you to hear this <laughs> yeah, yeah. this exactly. is the truest fake news that you've
1: ever heard oh yeah it's so alleged that it
0: has to be true <laughs> so, <laughs> <our> alleged. <laughs> <It's> so alleged <laughs> That's the dang line God go. that's the perfect So, so alleged, alleged that it has, it has to, to be true yeah,
1: That's fucking perfect That's like how Donald Trump's mind yeah. works He's like oh yeah, oh, yeah. This is so alleged <laughs> uh,
0: So look forward to that In the meantime If you want us to keep doing User generated playlists Give us songs to talk about Or if you just want to talk about anything Or if you want to let us know that you want Old Shuffle to come back Hit us up.
1: If you want romance advice, then go fuck yourself. Yeah, go
0: fuck yourself because romance is you dead. Pervert. You pervert.
1: Go should pray. Go pray. Go, go to, a pray. Ch- go to a church, you nut. Go. <laughs> you dingus. <laughs> you dingus. Go to
0: confession, you
1: dingus.
0: <laughs> uh, hit us up on our Facebook at facebook.com slash shuffle. Tweet at us at Shuffle Podcast. Go to our Tumblr, ShufflePodcast.tumblr.com, or email us at shufflecastpod at gmail.com. Also, check out our lovely website, www.jrdsctt.com/slash Shuffle. And also, Dominic, say something offensive. <sighs>